0: happy national ice cream month everyone this is greg and here are the podcast episodes that will be dripping down the side of your hand in the month of july 2022 don't forget to put a scoop of vanilla next to your slice of cake when popping collars celebrates its eighth birthday this month we're taking a look back at our top 10 most downloaded episodes of the pod while blowing out our candles I have dug into some smooth musical soft serve on the latest PC Music Diary when I discuss the Sultry Symphony of Soul Sacrifice by Carlos Santana. Betsy and I continue on our rocky road through the movies of 30 years ago on Going on 30. Next up is an all-time summer favorite, Point Break. Finally, we begin a new journey on The Sacred Six where I chronicle my trip on the Camino de Santiago. I kick things off with a pre-trip conversation with special guest Ryan Parker about what every pilgrim should know before they take their first step and whether I should maybe leave my pint of Ben and Jerry's back home. You're listening to Popping Collars, the podcast Sunday that adds extra sprinkles, extra peanuts, and extra collars popped with a cherry on top. Welcome back to a brand new Sacred Six. Sometimes an item in pop culture is just too big for one podcast episode. That's where this show steps in. I'm your host, Greg Knight. With me is a very special guest. We used to have him on the show all the time back in the old days. Now, he supplies us with all the amazing interviews we've set up over the last couple of years. Give a hearty popping collars welcome back to Ryan Parker.
1: Hey, thanks Greg. Thanks for having me. It's fun to, fun to see you. This is this our first conversation since two, uh, 2020?
0: I'm trying to think. Like, I know that we talked, what was it? We talked about the Mister Rogers documentary that came out. Gosh, was that the last time? Like
1: maybe I think man. that may have been 2019.
0: That was maybe. a ways ago. That was back in the movie pass days where I was at the movie oh. theater all the time.
1: <laughs> did you see? Did you see somebody was trying to renew or, or revive movie pass?
0: Oh no! And it made me not.
1: think of that old Arrested Development line. Did you watch Arrested Development season, like the first yeah. season where Tobias is proposing uh, getting in an open marriage, <laughs> and he says, "Oh," and somebody asks, he says, uh, "Open marriage has never worked." but this one might.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to definitely work on the branding of MoviePass if you try to revive <laughs> that, that's for sure. Um, hey, Ryan, catch our audience up on where you are these days and what you're up to. Uh, well, the one I'm up to is still
1: fairly much the same, working um, on marketing publicity, promoting content to streaming and theatrical content to you know, educators, faith influencers, social justice workers, just whatever the film or series, the themes of the film or series demand, we try to pair that with an audience that's kind of doing that work in the world or who, you know, writers and podcasters like yourself who really enjoy uh, analyzing and talking about, you know, good, thoughtful content. So that's still pretty much the same. Um, And then my wife and I recently moved to Mississippi um, after about 17 years in California, so uh, we are rolling with the culture shock and the shock waves. Uh, but it's all good. We're we're originally from here, but like I said, it's been a long time since we've lived here. Thankfully, we have some good friends and family who are still in the area, so it's helped make the transition nice. a little bit easier. But that's been maybe two or three weeks. Been kind of the uh, consuming focus, if you will, but work is slowly coming back. So,
0: yeah. okay. All right, here we go. Uh, I brought Ryan on the show because this is going to be a sacred six. Unlike any we've done so far. So in the past, uh, this series of the pod has been about catching up with pop culture, uh, that we didn't discuss on the main show. Um, but as I said before, was, it was just too big to spend one episode breaking down. So we've talked about things like Star Trek, the Beatles, Major League Baseball, etc. This time we're going to be doing an audio travel journal as I finally embark on my long delayed pilgrimage on the Camino de Santiago next month. And I probably just jinxed it by saying that out loud. So I asked Ryan to be my first guest on this series because he's actually already made this trip. So, Ryan, uh, let's start at the beginning. Simple question. What is the Camino de Santiago and when did you make your journey on it?
1: So the what is the it's a centuries long pilgrimage um, from Saint Jean uh, in the southwest of France in the Pyrenees. Well, to Santiago, right mm-hmm. uh, in Spain, on the western side of Spain, about thirty miles from the coast—is it thirty to fifty miles from the coast? Numbers are going to escape me. And uh, it's a it's a pilgrimage that Christians have long taken uh, to commemorate, to celebrate the, to venerate the life of Saint James. Increasingly, what would you think? Maybe in the last fifty to a hundred years the act of intentional pilgrimage has declined, but that doesn't mean that the act of the journey or the number of participants on the journey have declined. In fact, it's still an extremely popular event Mm -hmm. uh, task that, that people take from around the world for a host of reasons from the traditional pilgrimage, right? Which Catholic journey there to a deeply spiritual quest journey, process that people of all faiths have undertaken. Mm-hmm. And uh, and again, I want to reiterate people from all over the world. So my wife and I, you know, of course, if you grow up in, in a certain type of church, obviously, if you've been to seminary and taken church history, you're aware of the, the act of pilgrimage. So, you know, I have long known about that journey, but our decision to do it, to undertake it or, you know, as we continue, as we first started talking about it being a reality was maybe uh, in 2017, I would have to go back and look at the dates. But, um, you know, obviously like a lot of people, we had seen the film, The Way, Mm -hmm. um, from Martin Sheen.
0: You should fly with me. Come on, a father-son trip, it'll be fun. Yeah, right. You know, most people don't have the luxury of just picking up and leaving it all behind, Daniel. We agreed that if I let you take me to the airport,
1: you wouldn't lecture me about how I'm ruining my life. I lied. Hello. Are you the father of Daniel Avery?
0: He was walking the road to Santiago de Compostela, 800 kilometers on the northwestern coast of Spain. This is everything you had when we found it. People have walked the path for over a thousand years. The way is a very personal journey, Mr. Avery. Daniel was my only child. We're gonna walk the Camino to Santiago, both of us. Tom, this is the way. Hi, I'm Joost. There's no mystery why I'm doing this trick. Oh, look at Cheesemakers! Hola! Hey, Tom, wait! Yeah, you should try some. No, thanks.
1: Come! Come with
0: me! Wait, I'm from Amsterdam. That's huh? What are you looking to score? (laughs) I love this guy. It wears off quick, I promise.
1: Hello, I'm Jack from Ireland. How long have you been out here? On the Camino or on this particular spot? You pick. Well, geez, uh. It's hard to say. So what is it? On pilgrimage to change your life? Something like that dead books with the ashes. My son. That's pregnant. I mean, tragic, of course, but pregnant. Oh, no! Tom, your son. I'm so sorry. I had no idea. My son
0: was almost 40. Yeah, but he'll always be your baby. What was your son like? Smart, confident, stubborn. pissed me off a lot. It was a lot like you. My hey! Hey! You can keep the pack. Just give me the box. You don't choose a life, Dad. You live one. What you can do just on a bike? Why the hell are we walking?
1: I highly recommend that film. But even then, having watched that, I think maybe we watched that so it would be cool to do that one day. And then um uh, I, I was approached by, in the work that we do in marketing publicity, uh, by a, a team of filmmakers, producers, and, and the directors who were making a documentary called I'll Push You, which is about two best friends who undertook the Camino. Um, and what's interesting about their story is that one of their, one of the friends lives in a wheelchair. He has an ALS type uh, disease uh, that has has him living in a wheelchair, and they had heard about or encountered the Camino in some way. And he said, uh, you know, I want, I want to do that. It would be so cool to do that. And his friend said, then I'll push you. And then working with those guys, getting to know them um, around that time, my father had, had been diagnosed with cancer in 2015, I believe it was, and then would go on and eventually die in, in early 2018. And I think before, before that, um, and as he was getting sicker, Amy and I said, you know, we really want to do this or maybe, maybe we said we're gonna do this, um, after he died. And so we embarked uh, in August of 2018 and listen, people do, people undertake this pilgrimage, which is traditionally a walking pilgrimage, but you see people bike it. You see people run it. Um, you see people pulling carts with their pets on, on the carts, you know, so it's, it's all, all walks and styles. Yeah
0: horseback is an acceptable pilgrimage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The why of doing the pilgrimage is a big one, right? So you talked before about the movies and stuff. And that's the thing, like the Camino Frances, which is the really popular Camino, because there are a lot of like different routes into Santiago. There's the Camino Portuguese, the Camino Inglés, the Camino del Norte. But the most famous one is the Camino Frances because it was featured in the way Because it was featured on, what was it? There was like a BBC documentary, I think, that featured it uh, in the 90s. And so you see like this explosion of pilgrimage in like the 90s and 2000s, especially with like English people and Americans and Catholics who were prompted by uh, Pope John Paul II to embrace pilgrimage, like at the turn of the millennium. So... So I understand like the why of it from like a religious standpoint, this idea of like walking, sort of emptying yourself out, visiting these churches, waiting to be filled up again with something spiritual. But like you said, this is a diverse crowd of people from all over the world. And so I'm wondering like in your experience, walking this trail what were the stories that you heard about why people were doing it for you? It sounds like kind of a threshold moment of we're going from one phase of our life to another, but like, what else did you hear as far as like why people do this?
1: There were people responses from, Oh, it's just a challenge. Mm -hmm. It's a thing to do. Um, The other is uh, a lot of the things that we heard were, I love the opportunity of meeting new people in this way because it's, this is a really good question, actually, um, because it gets at, I think, for at least for Amy and I, and we love to travel, and travel has been a f- foundational part of our relationship. We met while we were traveling. Uh, we have traveled extensively as a married couple, and um, it's, it's part of, it's a big part of who we want to be and because of the ability to encounter new cultures and meet new people, to get out of our comfort zone, all those kind of standard things that people say about why they like to travel, which for me are profoundly spiritual things. Yeah. And uh, whether, pe- whether or not people would s- would use those words on the Camino, because increasingly people who undertake the Camino may, may not indeed be religious. Right. Uh, but they would say that that is a deeply spiritual experience for them. And the, and the act of encountering new and different people uh, is that. So we heard a lot of that. Um, we did meet a few pe- people for whom it was a specifically religious practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the people who uh, who, especially the people who, we had met four who had done the Camino, and I think you could probably relate to some of this, even though, as you've told me before, you've done some of this in bits and pieces. Right. It, isn't a very, it is a very addictive thing mm-hmm. where, I mean, as soon as we finished, we said, how quickly can we go again? Right. You know, and life hasn't given us that time, but we, it's something that I know, you know, life permitting, I would do again in a heartbeat.
0: So there are three questions I de- desperately want to ask you. Uh, the first one is, when did you want to quit on the way? Because I imagine there was a day where you definitely wanted to quit.
1: Uh, day one. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. You know, I, I look. I'm no. I'm no prime athlete. Uh, you know, but. Um,
0: you didn't find yourself staring at the horizon and the meseta thinking I'm never, I'm not making any progress. I'm going
1: to tell you that uh, that people warned us about that, which to people listening, that's the kind of a desert portion of the walk where it's flat and some might say boring, but I found it oddly hypnotic. Um, no, you know, there were 100. That first day was really tough because we would see a sign and we weren't used to walking quite that far. Right. I mentioned before that we've done some hikes and stuff, but leading up to it, but that day felt very long. Mm. And I think if I had to do it over again, there's a small village that's just less than halfway. I mean, you maybe walk five or six miles, but the accommodations are sparse. You hadn't really walked that far, but that was a, that was a tough day. And I, I won't, you know, if Amy were here, she would, I, I feel comfortable telling the story. I think it was the second day mm-hmm. she really talked about quitting and kind of had a bit of a, a bit of a feel, a bit of a cry and then woke up the next morning, right. as rain, ready to go. And she, she admitted to it knowing that she was going to have that moment and I would, I would appreciate it some heads up, but you know, I don't know that I ever really did want to quit. There were, there were one or two days where it's, it, I, I said, okay, oh, the end can't get here quick enough Yeah. because I was just so tired, so beat up. And then for the rest of the time, man, and we also lucked out too. I'll have to tell you, it rained on us for five minutes one morning. And then other than that, we had blue skies. Really? The yes. Wow. And it was warm to start. But after about the first week, it started cooling off. We had, I don't know that we could have asked for better weather on that wow. whole trip. And I know that is a huge factor. Mm -hmm. and people's experience and enjoyment of the of the trail
0: especially day one going up over the pyrenees in mud is no no bueno
1: no no um
0: okay uh, second question what was the most amazing thing that happened to you on the trail what's the story of the most
1: amazing thing that this is probably the easy answer to say when we finished as we walked into santiago and we saw all these people converge and in the square and people celebrating and I get chills now thinking about it. That was pretty cool. I have to admit that, that we had accomplished that. And I, I always do for a long time in my life, I had talked about getting a tattoo and I would talk about it and not get it. Cause I was I'm a wimp when it comes to my pain threshold. And, uh, but you see, you know, the, 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 the Camino symbol is a, is a rough outline of a shell. Mm-hmm. And I realized after the third or fourth day, I, I told Amy, I'm going to get that tattoo if we finish. And for my dad, for us, you know, the whole thing. And uh, we got to Santiago, uh, went to the, to the cathedral, looked around, took a shower, and I went and got a tattoo. And that was, that was pretty amazing. And, uh, but the other experience, I would say the, one of the most amazing things is I got, uh, and I don't know if you need to edit this out, but I got very drunk in Lagronio, with some Irish pilgrims (laughs) one night and it was so much fun they were older they were probably in their 60s or 70s and these guys went hard that's all I'm saying but we had so much fun and had great food oh and then um, pinchos and anywhere along the way Mm -hmm. Um, food I love food so uh, discovering that kind of the pincho streets in different towns like Lagronio, Le Pamplona, Leon, uh, getting to those towns and just being able to gorge yourself. But really, in all honesty, just I think really finishing when just that experience of you—it's kind of like you round a corner and there it is. Yeah. And it's, I well, it's, know, it's fascinating remarkable. because
0: I've I've done – so I, I've done the last 100 kilometers of the Camino, which I yes. imagine for you is like a nightmare because all of a sudden, like, here descends, like, all these newbies, like, right at the end.
1: Uh, that <laughs> and tour at and the tour buses. And the tour buses are just everywhere. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but what I remember about that trip into Santiago is that once you hit – once you hit the city limits, like, you still have a little ways to go before you get to the – before you get to the cathedral. And oh, I, remember yeah. walking, I remember walking with, uh, there was a group of college girls that we were walking beside. And we hit that Santiago de Compostela sign, like right outside the city that everybody takes their picture with. And they were like cheering and like, yeah, hey, we did it, we did it. And there was this old uh, man who was walking like at the same time who had like his stick and, you know, the whole deal, like classic pilgrim. And uh and he just like points towards the middle of the city and he's like, Ultrea. <laughs> it's
1: like you done yet."
0: still have a ways to go. Ultra meaning, keep going, right? Yeah. Still have a ways to go. And I can imagine like if you've done that whole thing, like this feeling of like excitement and melancholy at walking through the city knowing that it's about to end, but you're also about to get there. Yeah. It's
1: bittersweet. It really is. And you know, Another thing I keep going, you know, it's just like talking about the most amazing things that happen to you. It's just people sharing their stories and the vulnerability. Again, like I said, meeting people is different. People are more raw. I think people are more open. And then just, it is a struggle, it's a journey. And you can be as a set, as ascetic as you want to be, right? You can camp out, you can stay in an albergues and a church gym with a parish hall with like 50 other people. We never did that. Um, and I wonder what that's like now post COVID, but it is also a very nourishing experience in a sense of if you walk say 10 to 12 miles, you can always find a pilgrim meal, which people will be shocked is a three course meal and a bottle of wine for 10 or 12 bucks. Mm-hmm. And it's, you need that at the end of the day, right? Cause that's the biggest thing you eat. You try to eat light in the morning and at lunch. And the food is is usually very good. Then you go to a place like Pamplona or, or Leon or wherever, and you can you can have the opportunity, say for one, two, or three nights on the journey, to really find some nice food and and you really you really value that, right? That means more after you've walked and you've kind of earned that. And then the conversations that you have with people around the table and um, those we look forward to those every day. Yeah. All right.
0: Third question. And this is, this one's for me, this is a selfish one. What do you wish you had known before you did the Camino
1: back in the day? That's a really good question. I think, um, the, the, the easy answer is trail running shoes, not boots. That's the easiest one for me. Um, what else do I wish I would have known? That the first week was going to be harder. Most people said, oh, the first two days are the hardest and then it gets easy, easier, easier. Um, and that's just not, I, w- I didn't find that true from my experience because for, in, in, in a real way, you're in the Pyrenees for about a week. I mean, as, the, as, they, as they descend, right? Mm-hmm. Um, most uh, accomplished walkers or trail runners will tell you downhill is much harder than uphill uh, and walk in zigzag fashion, not straight down. I think I almost blew out a knee on the second day because I wasn't zigging and zagging as much as I should have. Let's see. Don't be afraid to wear socks and sandals while you walk. That was that was a big next time I do it I'll be shod differently.
0: Would you do a different would you do a different Camino next
1: time you think? I or think so. I mean I, yeah. um, I, I, the the Portuguese route seems appealing to me for the views um, and the port, but I think um, I don't know, I would love to do the Frances one more time. Yeah. Um, maybe devoid of any technology. Completely, um, completely disconnected, which is not safe. Maybe, maybe just a cell phone for emergencies, not a smartphone. You know, like a satellite phone or something. I was about to um, say it's
0: hard to find public public phones out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like old pay phones.
1: Yeah, um, but that was yeah. I I would do a different one. Maybe not the Norte. I hear I've heard too many challenging descriptions. It's pretty remote, you yeah. Yeah, pretty gnarly. Up, yeah. Fewer up, fewer accommodations. Yeah. A lot more camping, I'm not carrying a tent or a bag of sleeping bag. <laughs> are you going to share your journey? Where can we where can we follow you, or are you going to go radio silent?
0: I'm going to go radio silent. So my journey, wow. you'll be able to follow along with on this podcast over the next six months. The next time up, uh, I'll be sort of reporting audio from my trip through Basque country and Navarra. Uh, so that's going to be the next section of trail that you'll hear me on. And I'll be talking to my companions along the way. I'll probably be cursing, uh, the Pyrenees when I get to (laughs) Roncesvalles, uh, we'll we'll have to see how it goes, but, uh, each, each, uh, stage of the journey will be chronicling and maybe I'll bring you back on at the very end after it's all over. And I can interview uh, you. We'll do (laughs) You can just turn
1: over the, turn over the mike and the list of questions <laughs> yeah exactly
0: exactly ryan thank you so much for coming on always you prep episode and uh
1: next month we'll see you on the train safe travels bon camino